Now, if you weren't with us last week, I'm not going to recap because that would take 35 minutes. Instead, what we're looking for are things in Scripture that give us an insight into how Scripture came to us. And today, we're actually going to see something a little bit new. The book of Leviticus can be a real downer uh, if you don't really get what's going on. And who does, really? Unless you're a historian or a theologian, it's hard to get. Uh, there you go. We, we, we have, our, our, the kids, when they come here, they have work to do. And so they're, they're going about getting the cups. We're glad for that. The sheer poetry of Leviticus, um, chapter 11 the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, say to the Israelites of all the animals that live on land, these are the ones you may eat. You may eat any animal that has a divided hoof and that chews the cud. Got it, but he's not done. There are some that only chew the cud or only have a divided hoof, but you must not eat them. Okay, got it. The camel, oh good, we're getting illustrations. The camel, though it chews the cud, does not have a divided hoof. It is unclean for you. The hyrax, though it chews the cud, does not have a divided hoof. It's unclean for you. The rabbit, he's going to keep going. The rabbit, though it chews the cud, does not have a divided hoof. It is unclean for you. And here's where we have to talk about how the Bible was written. The Bible was written by human hands. And it was written to human beings in a particular place, in a particular culture, at a particular time. It does us no good to look back at scripture and read in all of the things we know and think into it. Instead, we must put ourselves in their eyes and read it out, read it forward into what the future would look like. These are not a scientific people. These are a pre-scientific people. So God's not going to speak to them in scientific terms. We saw that last week (coughs) when he describes the cycle of contagion and teaches them how not to eat or drink tainted water and food, he never uses any of those words. He merely says, if this comes into contact with this, and then this comes into contact with this, no matter how many of these away, if it hits you, that's unclean. You've got to wash. And it's startling in its accuracy, but he never uses scientific terms. And here's another one. Rabbits don't chew the cud. I know it says they do. So is that a mistake? Well, it's only a mistake if you expected the Bible to be a science book. If you expected the Bible to give instructions to these people and how to survive, that makes all the sense in the world. Because a rabbit looks like it's chewing cud. And they don't have to now autopsy everything and then check for segmented stomachs and then watch their behavior. They don't have to do any of this. They're allowed to look at exteriors. Do they do the funny mouth thing? And do they have a divided hoof? And the rabbit looks like it's chewing cud. Now, if you don't know what that is, you city dwellers out there, you know, me, I'm, I'm, an, I'm a farmer from, no, I'm not. I saw, I've seen a farm before. Um, and I've actually been on farms. I've ridden mules. I've done all that because I had a father who loved Appalachia and he loved throwing me right in the middle of things. So I do know a bit about it, um, not a lot. But uh, for example, uh, a, a cow. You'll see a cow just standing out in the field doing nothing, which they're, they're, they're quite good at. And then all of a sudden you'll see them do this little, and then they'll start chewing. Well, they're not taking a new bite. 
what they've done is they, when they eat grass, it's very difficult to get nutrients out of grass. And I know people drink, you know, wheat grass and the like, and okay, you don't have a segmented stomach, so you're just hydrating with green stuff. But as uh, it goes in, the first one, it chews it up a little bit, then they get it up there, chew it, and it goes down to the next section. And that way they can move it backwards and forwards until they get nutrients out of grass. And again, any, any grass and the like, it's very difficult to get. Um, so that's why they're hard working out there. And, you know, they're, they're vegetarians, a little chubby for vegetarians, but that's what God can do if you can eat grass and get all the stuff out of it. And they can. And I'm so glad he designed them that way. Um, hope I didn't hurt any cow's feelings. We like you, chubby. Uh, we don't, you know, skinny cows don't help us at all, right? So we like you. Just think of Raphael painting. That's the kind of cow we want. Um, now, because of this, God is going to give them outer signs. The Bible wasn't written to be scientifically accurate. It was written to be useful. Do you understand that point? So in Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, God is not trying to scientifically lay down everything in order. What he's doing is showing, I did it on purpose, and there was an order, and there is a design. And it was an answer to the Enuma Elish, which was the, uh, the greatest, best-known creation story of that time. But it said that the world came out of chaos when gods bit each other to pieces, spat each other out, and different pieces became different planets. God's going, no, it wasn't chaos. It was a design. So now, what about the clean and unclean food? Remember that you've got a community that is on the move. And so they've got to survive. And as I brought up last week, one of the great historic mysteries is how did the Jews survive? Because all the tribes around them didn't. How did they survive? Well, we looked at that in the cycle of contagion. Now we're going to look at their food. Everybody knows one food that's unclean for all Jews and all Muslims, right? Pork, right. Uh, it's, it, that's an easy one. You know, that I've often wondered, my Muslim friends in Tennessee, you know, catfish, also unclean, barbecue, also unclean. How do you survive? You know, upon what do you eat here? And, and they tell me it's quite easy to do well. So, and they pat me on the head, and I'm all right with it. We all know pork. In fact, at the beginning of our, uh, that latest military adventure, I'd even had suggestions that you, you don't have to send people. Just bomb them with pigs. Now, work with me. On the way down, they're going to make the bomb noise. You know, you know they'll, they'll do that. They'll hit, splatter. People have to leave. We can go in, clean it up, put up a fence. But I'm not allowed to write the White House anymore. So that didn't work. <clears throat> and the reason it's unclean is because of trichinosis. That's the main one. There are some others. There are parasites that live within the flesh of pork. Not now so much. Because uh, we have rules. We have cleanliness standards. You've got... Um, You've got the FDA, you've got a bunch of, uh, the, the USDA, you've got a, a whole lot of testing going on in the States and in, and in Western Europe and in most of the more, um, I'd say, not developing countries. The developing countries are still struggling with this, but you can go have a barbecue and you are pretty certain not to get trichinosis. They didn't know about parasites, and here's a point, God didn't tell them about them. He just said, don't eat these animals. But that's only one of the classification of animals that 
uh, is, is prohibited by this. The rabbit, the bunny, come on. It's, it's an innocuous little thing. The meat, uh, they do not host parasites well in the meat. And so it's, it's almost always a clean meat. Um, it is high protein, low fat. You would think this would be a great source. God says, no, doesn't tell them why. We know why. You're barefoot. You're barefoot people in a desert. You're going to have cracks in your feet. That's part of your life. When bunnies pee, and by the way, thank you for coming to our safe harbor. No other church is going to use that phrase today. <laughs> this is it. This is your only opportunity. When bunnies pee, they release a, a bacteria and they release parasites. You get a blood disease called tularemia if you're around them barefoot. It used to kill poor people in Appalachia and I like the kept rabbits. Now we know. Now we know and we're able to, to work our way through this. So this prohibited you from eating food that tends to harbor parasites or that, has, that sends out parasites or particularly noxious bacteria in its waste. Uh, and again, you might, be, you might think, well, every waste is. Yes, yes, pee is actually in most mammals uh, sterile. So again, information you will not get elsewhere. <laughs> Those are easy, but there are others. There are animals out there that harbor parasites, uh, not, not parasites, but rather toxins. That's their job. Today, as I was driving here, there was a turkey buzzard, just not happy that I was interrupting the meal, and that hopped away. And I, my first thought was, hopping buzzard would be a great name for a rock group. But I watched it as I hopped away. You're not allowed to eat. If you got in my head, you'd pay money to get out. I think we've all understood this by now. We're not allowed to eat any animal like a vulture or like a buzzard because of what they eat. Their job is to remove nasty stuff from the system. There's an entire classification of animals that do that. Any shellfish. Some of you might be thinking, well, I'm allergic to shrimp. Technically, no. You're allergic to what shrimp remove from the environment. Think of shrimp as the cockroaches of the sea, and you're really, you're close. Their job, little hoovers, little to suck up heavy metals, all sorts of nasty bits, and then enclose it in a hard shell. We grab it, <laughs> boil it, pop it in the mouth. But most of us are good. Why? Because we're not a people on the move. We're a people, therefore, who have medicines and who have learned some people are allergic. Same with oysters. Uh, I, I don't get oysters. I know I've had oysters. They tasted okay. My problem with it is who did that first? You know, who looked at that little pile of mucus and said, I want that. I want that in me. It's the same, I have the same problem with milk, by the way. I, I'm, I know milk is very valuable. I appreciate people. That build, but who was the first one that looked at a cow and said, let's squeeze that <laughs> and drink whatever comes out? It just, it concerns me. But anyway, we do it and we're all right. We are modern people with modern medicine and modern methods of cleanliness. We can do this. Catfish were unclean. Because if you ate anything from the sea, it couldn't have a shell and it couldn't have skin. It had to be covered by scales. What are catfish's job? Have you seen their mouth? They're sucking all the nasty bits out of the, out of the, the mud. 
why can we eat it? Well, because we actually farm raise catfish, and when we catch them in, seas, in the sea, if we are, if they've been around nasty stuff, it's going to affect us, but we have medication. We're able to deal with this. And it doesn't really, by the way, it doesn't really help when someone's having a, an allergic crisis to lean over and say, you know, it's actually not the shrimp. I, I know that now. Uh, and so they hit, you know, we, they, you hit them with an EpiPen, and most of the time we're good with that. Um, there are other animals like that, by the way, that are around us that we, we sometimes think we're allergic to. For example, cats. People who are allergic to cats aren't allergic to cats. They're allergic to the mites that live on cats. And I've had people say, no, no, cats are clean because they lick themselves. As, as somebody who worked with homeless in Detroit for 10 years, I'm going to tell you that's not a sign of cleanliness. That can be, another, that can be a whole other option going on. Um, and again, it, most people aren't allergic to the mites. If you were, we would all be sick right now because the average mattress is home to about 2 billion dust mites. Yep, there you go. If you, if you lay your ear on it, you can almost hear. They, they, what do they eat? They eat you, your skin. Your dead skin flakes off. It's like taco chips for them. You can, you can almost hear them. Arriba, arriba, angle, you know, and, and they're very, very excited. Um, if you have a pill, if you have a pillow, I'm just going to keep going because uh, I have a timer on me. And if I say everything twice, it takes twice as long. Um, if you have a pillow that you've had more than six months, it weighs more now than when you bought it because of mites, oil off your hair, and they're enjoying themselves in there. So I, I'm, and I'm famous for actually having people run out and buy new stuff after my sermon. So just, you know, I'd like to, I wish I got a cut, uh, but I don't, I don't. Uh, it's the same, by the way, last week we didn't bring up, but um, if we did our latrines like we were told to do them in Leviticus and washed our hands properly, we wouldn't have much of the diseases that we have. When you flush a toilet, there's a viral mist that enters the air. Where's your toothbrush? In most houses, they even have a little stand for it to sit and watch the process so that they can see the contamination coming, welcoming it with open bristles. Don't put it away. Buy a new one every few months. We can do that. We have the technology. We have, we're wealthy people. We can do this. God has therefore eliminated all of these from their diet without telling them the reasons. We know the reasons because we know science and we can read backwards. But put yourself there. They had no idea why God was restricting their diet. They had no idea. He just told them, don't do this. Oh, but we're, we're not done. There's another classification which is made up, let's just simmer it down to this. Food that can go bad without letting you know it's bad. Um, milk, in many ways, when it contacted different things, was then unclean. Milk is one of those things. Have you ever, have you ever had people that go and they sniff the milk and they're going, I'm not sure. What do you think? Don't pass it to me. First of all, all odors are particulates. If you're smelling it, you are ingesting it. I'm here for you. Next time you walk into a public restroom and you're going, woof, now you know. Um, the, 
the mystery Tupperware one. That one really gets me. I don't understand why people do that. They'll open up something and go, oh, 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 that's horrible. Smell this. No. If I find myself being un too uncomfortable, I have other options. I don't have to do this. Throw it away. There are a certain number of people every year that die because of church dinners. Because they left them out too long and many of them are mayonnaise-based. Mayonnaise, by the way, is still unclean, not kosher food for the Jews and for, for Muslims. We even make fake mayonnaise, salad dressing. Now, don't, don't do that. Um, you know, eat, by the way, I'm not opposed to eating anything you want. Remember, in the New Testament, God said, now just eat up. Why would he do that? Because this tribe has to exist long enough to bring Jesus. Once Jesus is here, death is defeated. Peter is told by the angel, no, a man by God. You're now allowed to eat. Don't call him unclean anymore. You're allowed to eat whatever. You know, I've eaten snake. I've eaten elk. I've eaten crocodile. And people go, how do you do that? And, I, and my answer is always eat them before they eat you. If anything wants to eat you, eat it first. I don't understand why this is difficult for people. Exactly. And, and, and... And as, as a Marine, you've eaten stuff that we don't even want to talk about. But you survive. You, you learn the, the uh, escape and evade. You learn how, what you can eat. It is so important that we understand why God did this. It was to keep them alive. But there was a fifth category. <clears throat> Excuse me. A fifth category of food, which has nothing to do with parasites, bacteria, None of that. And this one might surprise you. It was all about equality and justice. And I know those are loaded terms right now. And I get that. But let me just explain what I mean. You couldn't eat, for example, horses. You might think, well, who wants to eat the horse? Well, the French do. A lot of places do. The French eat horses and snails. Both ends of the speed continuum which I find fascinating. Uh, they, they hunt snails. Oh, and by the way, when you go out for shellfish, they pay, you had to pay a lot. You need to be aware that's rather modern. If you read any stories about the poor of Britain, they would go out into the mud flats. If you've, if you've never seen this, they have tides that are nothing like American tides. The water will go out several hundred yards leaving mud, bubbling mud. And then, and you're going, what? Because by the way, if you're watching from Breton, you, you, American tides, it backed up 10 feet. It goes way out there. And the poor would go out every day with buckets and dig for mussels, whelks, cockles, because that was the only protein they could have. It was the poorest people. That, in fact, there's an old song, you know, in Dublin's Fair City, uh, and it talks about the girl was so pretty named Molly Malone selling. It's like selling pencils on the, it is that low. You're, you're, you're barely going to survive. And the reason was you ate that stuff and so many people died because they didn't understand they removed toxins. They had to be prepared in a certain way. And it may not be safe to eat out of that mud. You might, most of our shellfish is, uh, harvested from farms that do shellfish. You know, it's kind of like salmon. So why don't they eat horses? Horses aren't, do not have a, a segmented stomach. 
to feed a horse takes a tremendous amount of water and grain. You're a people on the move. You don't have time for this. You need water and grain to feed your family. Rich people, therefore, were not allowed to take from the community vast resources to feed an animal so that they could feast. God said no. Same with a camel. And again, people will look at a camel and go, who want to eat that? Camel meat is prepared all over the Middle East. And I would, I would imagine that if you ate some, you would actually like it. Especially if you didn't know what it was. You would like it. Of course, I've eaten haggis and I like it. So maybe I'm not the standard here. But with the camel, it's exactly the same issue. If you, uh, and I've talked to people who do this and, and who understand the economics of it. And they say, it takes seven years of pouring water and grain into a camel before it is economically feasible to kill it. You've gotten enough out of it. You know, you've gotten camel milk. You've gotten new camels. Now it's economically feasible. So for seven years, it is taking from the community water and food that everybody needs to get through this desert. So God said no. You didn't have kings and presidents throwing galas for the, the heads of state where they all ate precious food nobody else could get. That was against the law. The king had to eat what the people eat. Now, was that always held? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And I imagine some Jewish guy somewhere had shrimp-wrapped um, bacon, or you know, bacon-wrapped shrimp, however you do that. Uh, and, and, you know, on top of catfish, is just kind of like, I'm, you know, com committing suicide. Today, again, I have to stress, all of these foods are fine today. This was then. And the science behind it is staggering. But to me, what is more staggering is he didn't tell them. He just said, I am clean. You be clean. Here's how you stay clean. Now, got a few more minutes left because I didn't tell all the stories that I could have about secretions. Um, <clears throat> but you can keep going. And I'm not, and because there are children in this room and in your, your rooms, uh, I'm, I'm going to be very tactful, I promise you. Chapter 12 is purification after childbirth. And people misunderstand this one. Uh, after a, a boy was born, rather quickly, he was brought back into the community. When a girl was born, it was much later before she was brought into the community. Why? I'm just going to be very, very blunt with you here. Going into the community was a dangerous thing. We know that with COVID. Think about back then. Going into the community was a dangerous thing. Women were more precious to the community than men because only a woman can create a person. Only a woman can usher a new soul into the, the world. Men, we're, we were designed to die before you guys, and, and we're doing a great job of it. Um, we were designed to be the warriors. We were designed to go out and work to where we'd get cut or broken because, frankly, we are more disposable than women. Women, and I'm not just saying that the only purpose for women, don't, you, if you know me, you know that's not my belief. 
Um, I have a, a huge esteem for women, and in this church, their voices are allowed at every place, including the pulpit and leadership. So this is just a medical thing to keep the little girls away until their immune system's more developed. And, that, and for them to stay with the community is pretty cool. In chapter 13, it's all about skin diseases. It's fascinating. <clears throat> but here's the good news, and I'm going to stop with this one too, by the way, which I get the size of relief I can hear. Um, I, I know nothing about dermatology. I mean, seriously nothing about dermatology. So I've talked to a couple of dermatologists, and I've said, Leviticus 13, have a look. And they do, and they say, for a pre-scientific people, that would keep them alive and thriving, and also keep them from killing people. I'll explain. Um, when people in ancient times were born with a birthmark, like a wine stain, a port wine stain birthmark, or the like, anything like that, they were killed. Or they were considered gods. Some of them were sacrificed. And here it says, if it's this color and does this, and the hair does this, that's fine. It's not unclean. And by the way, baldness, it explains baldness is fine, and this baldness is not. And it discusses where it goes, what happens to the color of the hair. It talks about what flavor, even has them have, go to the priest, and after he does all the cleaning, to put a circle around it. And then to come back. And if it's gone beyond the circle, it's unclean. We have to go through this process again. Fungus, um, you know, and again, fungus is uh, a topic nobody wants to talk about. But there are fungus among us. They're everywhere. And um, if, if you get certain ones of them on your feet or any other part of your body, you know you have to kill many generations of it before it's over. Because it puts spores out there that the chemical doesn't kill. So you're killing the active, then the spores come alive, and you're killing the active. And you have to do that for some long time before the fungus is gone. All of that is in Leviticus, even about molds and houses. We're going to do one more class on Leviticus next week. We're going to do one more, um, we're going to do a couple more on Christian evidences. There will be a break. On September 12th, we're going to do something we've only done uh, once before. Very early on in our history, we brought in Chris Whitney to preach a, a sermon because he and his wife head up one gen away, and they're two of our heroes and favorite people for feeding others. We've made the same offer out to GraceWorks, by the way, to, to entertain them. Uh, Devin Pickard is the pastor and founder of Hope Church, which is a church for people that other churches had rejected, if I can just be honest with you. And Devin is one of my friends. Uh, he did a, a, a scripture and prayer for us early on via video. Uh, when he comes in, it, we're easy to spot the differences. Um, he, has a, he has an accent. Um, he, you know, I, I plainly do not. He has, he's covered, he has tattoos, and he rides a Harley. He may not drive it, which would be terribly disappointing, but I think he's bringing his wife too. So I think they'll, they'll, they'll uh, come in a more appropriate vehicle, but uh, they, uh, I wanted you to hear his voice, and I've told him, don't preach on Christian Evans's, just tell us what you want to tell us, so I'm really looking forward to that, then we're going to continue this until we're done, all right, and after then, we have been asked repeatedly by, by people all over, the viewers, and also from many here, that I turn my series, Just Jesus Stories, into sermons, 
truly I could do this for five or six years. And so you're going to have to let me know when you're done. All right. It, I will judge you. Uh, if you come up to me and say, we've, we, you know, it's always Jesus. We've had enough of Jesus. Give us something else. I will judge you uh, quietly, but with passion. And then I'll accept that you, perhaps what you mean is we need, like the people asking uh, John the Apostle, can you tell us something new? And we'll go that direction. All right? Your feedback means an awful lot to us, and we love you, and we're so glad that you're a part of our church. We're going to have... A song now which has taken on special meaning because of all of the pain that many of you are going through. Um, it, it truly breaks my heart. Afghanistan, uh, the floods, and that's not all. The fires out west, we need to talk to God more than we are. But we also need to be his hands and feet. We need to be the church that serves. And if you give money to our safe harbor, you know money is not going into the ground. It's not going for real estate. It's not going for um, new cars and the like. What it's going for is um, people. And thank you so much for all you've done. Dave, I'm going to switch over now.